Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. A shocking expose on the inner workings of a $50 billion a year U.S. family law industry, Divorce Corp., shines a bright light on the appalling waste and the shameless collusive practices seen in daily seen daily in family courts. It is a stunning documentary that anyone considering marriage or divorce must see. And that is the truth. We're joined today by the director of Divorce Corp, George Sorg, uh, the uh, a first-time filmmaker uh, and George, I mean sorry George. And Joe, welcome to film school. Wow. Sorry about that. Welcome to Film School, Joe. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. All right. Um, uh, yes, uh, it is uh, something that everybody that I know um, has been touched by divorce, and the, the rate at, at which people in my life have uh, either been in in divorce or are considering divorce is a stunningly high number. Um, tell me a little bit about what the the impetus the that that caused you to decide you wanted to do a documentary on this uh, on this subject? Well, you're right, Mike. Um, 40 to 50 percent of people who get married in the United States uh, end up uh, getting divorced. And um, I, I had a personal experience with this. Uh, my personal experience wasn't so bad, uh, but I did have the opportunity to sit through many hours of family court and watch other cases um, be uh, heard by the judge, and uh, <clears throat> I was shocked at what I saw. The system is quite dysfunctional. It uh, takes an enormous amount of time to process something that, that seems like it could be relatively simple. Um, there are delays and continuances, and I also uh, witnessed that what I thought was an unhealthy uh, collaboration between the lawyers and the judges. Um, they seem to know each other very well. You could see the body language, the the smirks, the smiles that they send to each other. It was like an insider um, <clears throat> an insider job where you know the litigants were marching through. They were grist for the mill, but the insiders were just taking advantage of it. And so uh, my instincts were borne out when we did some research and we came across uh, dozens, if not hundreds, of people with terrible stories and terrible outcomes of losing their children, uh, going bankrupt because of the process, having lawyers uh, <clears throat> kind of take them down the rabbit hole and then abandon them when, when they ran out of money. And so we uh, concluded that this was an interesting subject to make a film about. Well, in, it is, and I, I said in the opening that this is a $50 billion a year industry. Is it fair to call it an industry? Oh, uh, I, I think it is. I mean, it's government. It's run by the government. Yeah. But um, most, you know, you don't get a free lawyer. And if you can't afford a lawyer in divorce court, uh, court, they do not give you a lawyer. You have to pay for it on your own. And so, um, you know, people uh, feel compelled to hire a lawyer because it's so complex. I mean, if you look at the family code, it's 2,000 pages of thin, thin paper and microprint. <clears throat> written in a language that most people can't understand. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a nightmare uh, if you get into it on your own. And so, it's, and it, you know, you would think the government would make it easy for people, but they, they haven't tried at all. 
Yeah. You know, <clears throat> at least the, the IRS has the 1040EZ form uh, that you could fill out. It's one or two pages and send it in if, you're, if your situation is not complex. But it's not the same way in family court. Mm-hmm. There are depositions and discovery and interrogatories and, uh, you know, <laughs> and just a lot of language and procedures that people don't understand. They don't know how to behave in front of the judge. No one tells you how to behave in front of the judge. Um, and people feel just completely overwhelmed with it. And so they entrust their lawyer to take them through the process <clears throat> in a productive way. But frankly, the lawyers have no incentive to make it efficient or <clears throat> more painless. They, in fact, get paid by the hour. So the longer it takes, the more money they make. Yeah, and, and you have this sort of perfect storm of two emotionally wrought people engaged in a very, very personal endeavor and they both have a very specific interest their own interest as well as the i say the interest of their of their children i mean that in in a very in, in more of a um selfish way uh, more often than not well i shouldn't say it that way but they have a lot of very uh emotionally driven rationales for being there and for fighting tooth and nail on on their on behalf of their own interest is did I say that? Well, is that a good way to I put think, it? Yeah, I mean, I would I would summarize it that you know breaking up is hard to do just <laughs> on its own. Yeah. Never mind that you have to go through this process that you don't understand. Yeah. Where you are, you know, herded through like cattle, where you're uh, treated um, like an annoyance by the judge, um, where your lawyer is making money off of you by the hour, and you don't know what that lawyer is doing, you don't understand why they're doing it. If you want to stand up and say something in court, they tell you to sit down and not say anything. And so, and, and, and the tragedy is that, you know, the, the court system in the United States is based on the English adversarial court system where, you know, the parties argue as, as um, uh, zealously as they can for their own uh, position in front of the judge, and then the judge decides, who, you know, who's made the better argument. Yeah. And that's just not the way to handle a family matter. Yeah. You know, as you say, these are very personal matters. Uh, when you're married to someone, you trust them. You trust them that, uh, you know, with your secrets and all that. And then suddenly <clears throat> you're in this courtroom where you're supposed to try to uh, win. Yeah. And, you know, a divorce, you're not, I mean, when you're breaking up, it, you should be figuring out how to peacefully go your separate ways, wish the other side well, help the other side out if you can. Uh, but it shouldn't be this adversarial battle that, that is um, the very fundamental basis for how we divorce in the United States. We're speaking with the director of the film, Divorce Corp., uh, Joe, Joe Sorge, and the, the film opens today here in uh, Southern California and across uh, quite a quite a, a, a lot of uh, openings across the state of California, at least, and beyond. But um, you're, you're going to be tonight in San Diego for the opening is that correct uh, for the opening of the yeah, show? Yeah, per- personally, I will be at the 8.45 p.m. opening at the AMC in Fashion Valley in San Diego. And we're going to have a question and answer period afterwards where we're going to have um, uh, an attorney. We're going to have a domestic violence uh, advocate, well, anti-domestic violence advocate, I should say. Yeah. And we're going to have a retired uh, police officer who has uh, been involved in many domestic violence and domestic disputes uh, who now counsels people on how to try to resolve their issues without being so adversarial. 
So in addition to being in San Diego tonight, you're, you're going to be at the at Encino uh, Town Center tomorrow? Yes, uh, tomorrow night at 7, 10 p.m. Lendley uh, Encino Town Center. Yeah. Uh, 7, 10 showing. Dr. Drew's going to be at that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a fairly large event. Yeah. So and, we're, we're excited about that. And then also I'll be at Orange, uh, the Orange AMC at uh, 1.35 tomorrow, and we're going to have a question and answer period after that one as well. Okay. And you just brought up uh, Dr. Dr. Drew Apinski is, uh, narrates the, the documentary, does a, does a great job. He's, 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 uh, he's a very calming countenance about him and very deliberate and uh, he delivers a lot of information, important information in a, in a, in a way that's easy to digest. And that's, I think, the strength of this film is uh, you walk through a number of, of sort of conceptions or misconceptions about divorce, um, some of which I'd like to talk a little bit about, and that is the idea of the prenup, uh, prenuptial agreement between, and the effectiveness in a, in, a, in a divorce proceeding, how well that holds up or not holds up. Um, you do explode a lot of these myths about that. Um, Talk a little bit about prenups and just... Sure. So so a prenup is an agreement that parties enter into typically before they get married. And what it says is regardless of what the law says, this is how we're going to handle things should we get divorced. And, uh, you know, the American laws uh, were set up for the way couples uh, related to each other in the 1950s and prior to that. Uh, and we've had a lot of uh, change in our society since then. It used to be that, uh, you know, the man went to work and the, and the woman stayed at home. And then and she sacrificed her career and she raised the children. And so if there was a divorce, oftentimes it was difficult for her to get employment. Um, she had, um, you know, given up her education or her career. And so there was a great need for uh, support payments to take care of the woman. But things have changed now. Uh, women are uh, 50% of the United States workforce. Uh, women the ages 25 to 35 now get paid 94% of what men earn, and when there's the same education and the same uh, job, they get 100% of what men make. Um, 80% of U.S. families have two wage earners. So things have changed dramatically, and these laws um, are appropriate in certain situations, but not appropriate in most of situations. The majority of U.S. households uh, have two wage earners, and so... You know, prenups have almost become a necessity because the laws just no longer apply to the uh, marital relationship. The problem is that the courts like to have a provider and a dependent and and award uh, dependent support because the states get federal matching funds for every dollar of uh, support that's collected by the state. Oh, Moreover, yeah, yeah, most people don't know that. It's Mm. called Title IV-D. And it's an enormous amount of money. There's $44 billion a year awarded in support payments. And so that that brings money into the states from the federal government because they match. Uh, The other thing that people don't know is you can spend child support on legal fees. And so uh, the more the court awards child support, the more the recipient of that child support is able to pay their lawyer for the work. Mm. And so, uh, you know, I'm afraid, and it's a little sinister, but I'm afraid that you know, some of the motivation that uh, takes place in the courtroom is to increase the state coffers with its federal matching funds for dependent support and to provide a mechanism by which the, the aggressive litigant, the one who's dragging the couple into the courtroom, can pay off their lawyer at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that that is uh, that is a sh- that is a shocking revelation, uh, and, and I'm sure most people, I'm sure very few people actually know that. Um, and so I have to... I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I didn't answer your question. So this yeah. is why okay. prenups sure. sometimes don't hold up because oh, right. sometimes the prenup will say, "Okay, there's not going to be any alimony at the end of the divorce," and then what the judge will say is, "Well, you know, that's not appropriate in this situation." Uh, we really, th- no matter what the prenup says, we think that's unconscionable, and so therefore we're going to award alimony anyway. And so you get this, you know, and, and they come up with some justification that, well, the couple didn't really thoroughly discuss the prenup ahead of time. Uh, you know, uh, one of the parties had a uh, head cold on the day they signed it, and even though it was six months prior to the marriage, um, they're, you know, they were taking uh, Valium at the time, and so the prenup is no longer valid. Mm-hmm. And the judge can basically do whatever they want. They, mm-hmm. can, they can throw out a prenup if they want to, and so if they don't like one party or the other, they can rule uh, however they want. There's essentially no oversight. One of the things that I've seen over the years, and uh, I know personally from, not from my own situation, but from people I know, uh, that while I've seen both sides of this, oftentimes, and you you alluded to it a a bit when you were talking about um, the the earning power of women has increased dramatically over the last few years, and I hate to say it, this sounds way it's sort of uh, victimization here going on, but uh, that men are are almost at it. They're at a real serious disadvantage in divorces uh, of late, and I and I think it's it's a difficult issue to bring up because there are many many cases where that's not what's happening, but there are cases that where genuinely um, the the husband his is at a financial disadvantage and continues to almost be without recourse or an ability to make enough money to sustain his own life life, and that of his children. Uh, I, I, I don't want to overstate this, but I think it's an important part of what you're talking about, what the film talks about, how this has swung in another direction away from justice and about reinforcing some old notions about marriage and is 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 that a fair fair way to put it? I mean, well, I would modify that a little bit. I think the courts try to be gender neutral. I yeah. think they try, but what what happens is they're generally against the provider spouse and in favor of the dependent spouse. Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, most of the time it's the dependent that comes into the courtroom with a petition to get divorced. Yeah. And the one who's asking for alimony and one who's asking for child support and you know, the courts are typically deferential to the person who's who's complaining, the plaintiff, because that's the person who brings them business. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, you want to satisfy your customer, well, they come in and ask for something, you give the customer what they want, and they walk away with money, and they're really happy with you, and then they come back and do it again, or they tell their friends, hey, this is a great thing, you you know, you, you just file for divorce, and the judge gives you a lot of money. Yeah. So uh, it's good for business to be good to the plaintiff. Um However, I think if the plaintiff is a dependent uh, man and uh, the woman is working, the courts treat the woman equally badly um, as as they do the men. It's really gender neutral. It's against the provider. Mm -hmm. They want to have a provider-dependent relationship. They almost force people into that dependent provider uh, roles in the courtroom so that they can order these support payments and get the federal matching. It's, it is, you know, I I mean, our, 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 our film is very gender neutral. We tried 
our best to, to get balanced pictures from both men and women, yeah. and we we found victims on both sides. Yeah. Now, um, so I, I would not say it's really, I mean, look, you know, there's some men's rights groups that get down on me for not pointing out that 90% of child support is paid to women still, but that's because historically women have been in the dependent role. I right. think it's changing, and I think over time, the, you know, the gender imbalances are going to go away, but I don't know if we're going to be able to get the provider-dependent imbalances to go away without significant reform. Okay, and that that's that is valid. That that is a, that is the the way the courts see it, and, and it's just interesting. But things have changed in terms of uh, are changing in terms of the 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 earners. In in you're right you're right to point that out as well. The way the way the court system works, it, it's a it is a very good documentary. You've done a great job here of pulling together a lot of experts in the field, uh, and you've given the, the the viewer a lot of options. And some some positive steps that we can be taking to move forward and make this such a much less painful and wrenching experience. Um, and we didn't even get into the thing that a lot of this is driven by states. It's not necessarily a federal, although you mentioned the federal money coming in. It's the disparity between the different states that can often make a big difference in the way that these things uh, unfold in court as well. It's a, it's a very complex issue. But I thank you so much for for the documentary and and for us uh, for spending some time with us today. Well, I thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it was an extremely difficult uh, documentary to make because you know the acting judges couldn't couldn't speak on the record right. because you know that that's prejudicial. Uh, you can't get into courtrooms and film things, so we had to do reenactment. Um, you know, it was just very difficult. Sometimes you have warring parties, and one side wants to talk to the camera, the other side doesn't, and then one side doesn't want their children, so we stayed away from interviewing children. So there were a lot of limitations. We kind of had our arms tied behind our back in many cases. But I think overall, you know, the message we wanted to get out there is it's a $50 billion industry, and do we really need it in the United States, or at least do we need the adversarial system? Could we go to some more kind and gentle type of system. And, and I think there are answers in the film for that. Yeah, and I and that is a, an excellent way to say that, because this adversarial situation or relationship in court, it just it it just begs to be abused in 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 ways that are just uh, wrenching and awful, uh, not just for the uh, principals but all the families. And the and the the rippling effect of it is is uh, pretty devastating. And and uh, and again, the 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 view of the, you, you took this step back, and we see the big picture, which is this enormous industry and this kind of assembly line uh, mentality that goes on in courts and with attorneys. It's uh, Thank you. Thank you for that. And well, you're welcome. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.